so uh, 100 episodes there, Jody. Did you ever think you'd make it to 100 when you started this way back in the day, brother? Uh, no. I thought I would make it like three. <laughs> Actually, I knew I would make it at least five because I did those first. But then I thought I would run out of questions. Yeah. And uh, so well, we made it. I'm glad to be a part of it, but I do want to say congrats to you, my friend, for uh, having the vision to start this thing way back on episode one and for your brilliant decision to have me on episode 36 um (laughs) it's been magical magical. (laughs) but no man this is great this is our 100th episode uh you're listening to the longer hall youth ministry podcast and that's jody uh jody where do you live there brother i'm out here in california and uh looking at sunny skies and warm temps is it nice out there right now yeah pretty much every day It's just kind of classic Georgia weather right now. I'm in Georgia. I'm a youth pastor in Georgia. And uh, uh, it's just kind of like, you know, not super cold, but chilly. So it's like that in-between jacket, not jacket weather, which drives me insane. But yeah, it's all good. Well, we love getting to do this. Uh, this, Like I said, this is a longer haul podcast, and we do this for the purpose of helping youth pastors experience longevity in youth ministry and uh jody what what year did you start this thing since this is uh, our 100th episode too too long ago uh 2015 i think 2015 that's the podcast so, so and i would say this years. like and folks who listen know this like um one of the things that i think one of the reasons that this show has continued to go is because you and i are youth pastors first and so that means it's taken us probably a little longer to get to 100 than than it could have. But, you know, we were pastors before we are podcasters. Yeah, sure. It's hard um, to do this in the summertime. <laughs> that's hard to do this in the summertime. But we're, you know, I, I think that's longevity is that you just yeah. stay at it and you pick the things that are important. And we talk about that a little today even. Um, yeah, yeah, for real. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think it was 2015. I'd have to go back and I should know, but. Clearly, I pay attention. That's all right. Well, one of the ways we're able to keep doing it also is this does actually cost us a little money to pull off when it comes to all the hosting and the website and all that type of stuff. And we have some amazing sponsors, the folks over at YM360. Gosh, they've been with us. They've been uh, supporting us for a little over a year now, at least, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, phenomenal. YM360. Uh, Tons of resources. If you don't know about them, uh, curriculum devotionals, amazing summer camp, a little bit of everything. Uh, and you can trust them. They're all youth pastors themselves. And uh, man, highly recommend you check out YM360. And if you use the promo code longer hall, you get a little discount. So that's good uh, as well. Yeah. And right now, right now they've got that Christmas devotional. Mm. It's good. So good. Their stuff is amazing. Yeah, it really is good. And then also the fo- folks at the uh, Georgia Baptist Student Ministry Network. Well, it's just the Student Ministry Network, but it's the folks from Georgia Baptist World, and uh, they just they they are friends of ours, and they just wanted to encourage youth pastors. So just a shout out to thank them, and then also a shout out real quick to Alec Ammons, who does all of our graphics. If you need someone to do a little graphic design work, he's your guy. He's Indeed. your guy. Just reach hey, out. Hey, fun Alec. fact: I'm drinking from a Student Ministry Network coffee mug right now. That's really cool. Um, Hey, also, hey, one other just little shout out. Our music that we're starting our episodes with now, 
my good friend. Yeah. Changing up. Bobby Smith. But really, if you don't go looking for Bobby Smith, because this is his, uh, he's our, he's our, he's our worship pastor here at our church and phenomenal guy, incredibly talented. But, uh, just go, just go check out iTunes or Spotify and look up Bobcat, like the, like the animal, like just look up Bobcat and listen to some of his instrumental stuff, man. Great work. Like when you're sitting at work and writing summer stuff, just some really good stuff. So appreciate Bobby just letting us use that for free. So, uh, good times. Appreciate you, Bobby Smith. Indeed. Great interview today. <sighs> Super excited to have Clay Scroggins back on the show. He was on back in episode 65, I believe. Yes. And, I'm, uh, I messed up during the interview, Jody. I, got te- I hit mute, and I texted Wendy, my wife, Wendy, and I said, I think this is the best episode we ever recorded. Like, oh, that's what I texted her. And, and then, said, you know what it, then you know what hit me? She was that, I, <laughs> that there's there's an episode of just me and her, so I kind of quickly went. I mean, except for ours, of <laughs> <laughs> I was like, except for ours, so, yeah. So, except for ours. oh, folks, yeah. please, please stay tuned for the entire episode. It really applies to what we all do. It's so good. Clay was amazing to come on and uh, be a part of this thing, and That's he's got always. a brand and new I, book out yep. called "How to Lead in a World of Distraction," and it's. Very applicable to pretty much every youth pastor I know. Applicable? Applicable. Which is it? Ah, There's so many words I can't say. I can't even get my there and theirs right. So that's not even going to... Applicable is like, whatever. I'm not going to get there at all. (laughs) (laughs) Sit and set. Like, I screw that one up all the time. Like, all the time. Oh, my gosh. It's terrible for me. I don't know why. It's hard to believe I've written a book. It's terrible. Effect or effect. Uh, That's just, the one I can't ever yeah, figure so anyway, out. People are like, yeah. Well, anyway, Clay's great as always. And uh, I appreciate so much his heart for students and student ministry. Um, I think that, yeah, it really I, comes out. In, it really comes out in the episode big time, how much he yeah. loves youth ministry and how much he loves youth pastors. Yeah. He would never say it, but I think he, I think he, he regrets stepping oh, out of student ministry. Because every senior pastor, <laughs> freaking ever that decides to get out of youth ministry wishes they wouldn't have so that's just remember that friends if you're listening and you want to know why you should stay in this long term that's the reason why right there because you will regret the day so <laughs> that may or may not be true in his case but <laughs> yeah, we'll no, he's kind of we'll got pretend. a pretty big gig here so i'm <laughs> doing all right he's, kinda I think doing, he's doing all right, all right. <laughs> yeah cool well are you ready should we jump in yeah let's jump into this thing it'd be great Awesome. Here we go. Here's today's interview with Clay Scroggins. Well, Clay, welcome uh, back to the show. We're super glad to have uh, Clay Scroggins back for episode 100. 100. Uh, 100. 100. That's Clay, how's it feel to be chosen for our 100th episode? Was I, was 100th. I <laughs> well, was I don't chosen? know. <laughs> or was it the schedule? Either way, I'm really glad to be on the 100th episode. Y'all, I hope y'all feel great about that. That is remarkable. Uh, not many people do uh, Not many people do two of anything, let alone 100. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. That's, that's very true. Can, can you know. this kind of be our Super Bowl moment where we – this is it. Just can we just be done? Is that is that? Can we just wrap it up right now? I don't want. I'm just kidding. I don't want. <laughs> like, let's call up. Uh, yeah, an audible and almost score. Yeah. Have y'all done? <laughs> have y'all done an episode on doing a podcast? 
We have not. We've not. Y'all should. I mean, you've done a hundred of these. <laughs> Y'all should. You should do it. Here's five things we've learned about, or here's a hundred. Here's a hundred things we've learned about doing a hundred podcasts. <laughs> Dang. Number no, one, we, yeah. it's harder number than one. we thought it would be. But anyway, don't it's good. do it. Yeah, as, <laughs> number one, don't. Not as fun as it looks. Yeah, um, so. yeah. We're. I'm just glad that people still listen and uh, hanging in there, especially now that Chris joined and you know, no one ran away when Chris came. That's funny. That's mm. funny. Yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> they put up with all his Disney shenanigans and my Love Volkswagen it. talk, and so that's good. It's good. No, that's well, that, y'all. That really is a remarkable thing that y'all have done a hundred of these. And I, I mean, from a, you know, uh, I know y'all are, uh, you got day jobs as pastors. And so this is just on top of what you already do, but providing resources like this, um, for pastors specifically for student pastors, it's a huge deal. And there's a lot of student pastors that are feeling like they're on an Island today or feeling like they could use a coach and they look to you guys as their mentors or their coach. And, um, and you you give it away for free, so it's a remarkable resource that you've created. So y'all, I hope y'all really do feel great about doing a hundred of these. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Well, that's that's super encouraging. Thank you, thank you for that, man. Well, we we are excited to have you on specifically because you have a you have a brand new book out. How long has it been out? Has it been out like a month or so, or has it been out longer than that? It released September twenty second, I think. Okay, was so it's been out a couple months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's called How to Lead in a World of Distraction. How to Lead in a World of Distraction. Hold on, I got to check my email real quick. I'll be back. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, oh, is that okay, so yeah, yeah. yeah that's your <laughs> uh, no, this is so. So uh, Jody and I have both. Uh, Jody has thoroughly read it. Full disclosure. Um, I got about three chapters in and was, and I'm going to finish it, even though we, I am, I actually am because I'm loving it and I had to get ready for the, the for the interview. So I skimmed the rest of it just to make sure I'd be prepared for this thing. Yeah. That's just be, me being honest. Um, but that said, I think it is incredibly applicable, the stuff I'm was, reading and the stuff Jody and I've talked about. You had it's too much going on. You were distracted by too many things to finish the book. <laughs> oh Let's gosh, be honest. The, the best part of the book, like the main content of the book is like the end. Yeah, I, I believe you. I'm it's going, I'm it's, going to it's four simple habits, and they're at the end of the book. I, I love those. At the end. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, I just appreciate your honesty. I mean, I, listen, I, man, it's full disclosure around here. I like, love I, it. I yes. love it. So, so that said, here's what I, here's what here's the first thought though that came to my mind when I thought about this the, this book and as I jumped into this thing. When I think of the average youth pastor. And Clay, I know you, you've got some background in youth ministry, so you're not new to youth ministry. You you know youth pastors, you lead youth pastors there at your church, obviously. Um, so when I think of the average youth pastor, I think there's a ton of room for this discussion, especially when it comes to accountability, because when I think of the average youth pastor, and probably most of the guys and gals that are listening to this podcast right now, there's a little bit of a lack of accountability when it comes to what we do day in and day out in yeah. our offices. And here's what I mean. Um, there's not for a lot of us in student ministry, there's not like um, these markers that we're measured by. It yeah. really is. Hey, are they doing a good job in student ministry? Oh, great. And I think if you ask a whole lot of people, I mean, eight out of 10 people, I mean, this is just a guess. This is not statistically proven or anything, but I mean, do we really think eight out, I mean, how many people out of 10 could really, tell you what a youth pastor does during office hours yeah i think most many, people don't 
How many youth pastors could tell you what a youth pastor does when I'm turning on? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, right I, what Krista? Yeah, yeah I mean, and I, in any pastor, quite honestly, I mean, it's not just relegated to youth ministry. Um, that the the mystery around what do pastors do Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday is uh, it, that is, that is pretty common. So that said, I think I think there's a lot of room in here yeah. to really have a discussion. And what we'd like to do for the next you know few minutes is just really kind of drill down on some of the principles you're talking about in the book. And really say, hey, let's talk about how this might specifically apply um, to the average youth pastor. Because I know I'm tempted to get distracted, not just by computers, but just by all kinds of things. You yeah. know, and that's one of the things I do love about the the book. Speak to that for a second. As a matter of fact, this is not just about technology, right? Yeah, this is about distractions in general. Yeah, and it's really not um, distractions. Was really a it was a a way for me to talk about a topic that uh, I really wanted to talk about. I feel like distractions are the culprit, but it's really a book on leading yourself, which I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that introduction you just made was great that none of us have a ton of accountability on what we do on a day-to-day basis. But uh, if you want to lead other people, if you want to lead more than what you're currently leading, uh, nothing so conclusively proves your ability to lead others is what you do on a day-to-day basis to lead yourself. Um, that's mm. a quote from a former CEO of IBM that I have come back to so many different times because when I was in student ministry and I, I love the concept of longer haul that, Hey, there, there are a group of men and women around the world that are not just in this for the two year average lifespan of a youth pastor. I love that you guys are in it for as long as God has you in it. And that was my plan as well. I really went in student ministry wanting to be in it for a long time. And I still am, um, maybe more indirectly than I was when I was working at full time. But um, I always had this thing in me that wanted to lead more, not, you know, on a, on a bad day, I guess it was for my own sake, but on a good day, I mean, my healthy motives are because I want to help other people and I want to help more people. And I want to, I want to be used by God and I want to reach my potential as a leader. And so much of your ability to lead others really does come down to what you're doing on a day-to-day basis to lead yourself. So that's really what the book is about, is about learning to quiet the noise around you so that you can focus on what's really important, what's going on inside of your soul and your heart and your mind, because that's what's going to separate you as a leader. Uh, All the research that Daniel Goleman has done on emotional intelligence, on EQ, Mm. uh, it's all about, hey, you you can... do all the tasks of leadership well, but what really separate great leaders are, uh, is the ability to be aware of your own emotions, to re- regulate your own emotions, and to be empathetic toward the emotions of others. That's what's going to increase your opportunity and increase your ability to uh, influence other people uh, is what you're doing on a day-to-day basis to, to figure out what's going on inside of you and to grow, uh, to become a more emotionally healthy human. So that's that's the that's kind of the the big idea behind how to lead in a world of distraction. No, that's good. I'm curious. So Clay, as I, I, I look around at the landscape of like the church world, church life, um, youth ministry, youth pastors, I think, um, and I thought about this often several times as I was even reading through the book, we seem to live in a world where um, building a platform yeah. Either directly or indirectly, it has has become somewhat of a priority. 
Yeah. And I know, I recognize like we're on a podcast that Chris. Right. You have a platform. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. So it's, you know, (laughs) not to sound hypocritical, but like for us, and we've said this a lot, like this podcast, we'd love doing the podcast for, for all the reasons that we've already talked about, but it's, it's, you know, we're pastors first and and it will always be, which is why, you know, we're episode 100 today, but we've been doing this for a long time because there are Mm -hmm. seasons where our ministry just are always going to take a priority. Um, when, when you talk about, so you, you talk about in the, in the book of kind of this preferred future and, um, the, you know, even the danger of the appearance of success and that, like, yeah. how does that, how do you navigate that with the temptation to, to build platform, if, if that makes sense? Yeah. And I would say even more, maybe more than a temptation, it's a burden sometimes. I don't know if you ever feel that way, but, um, you know, that, that's one of the things that I learned, um, through this process. I was just writing, you know, you start writing down all the things that you've learned around turning down the noise. Um, and so I'm writing one of the chapters on, um, pressing pause, which is really about taking a Sabbath, about choosing to fast and not just fast from food, but to fast from, that every, every one of us should, whatever it is that we reach for, that we're tempted to turn the noise up on, we should have some kind of rhythm where we're fasting from it. And so technology obviously is one of the culprits. So I did a social media fast for a month about a year ago. And that was one of the things I found when I turned down the noise was that the feeling, the need uh, to post, it was not necessarily even a temptation. It felt like a burden. And when yeah. I did, when it went away for a month, about about a week into it, I realized, wow, I feel lighter. I feel lighter that mm-hmm. I don't feel this need to be telling more about what's going on, so that I can build a bigger platform. And you're you're so right that there is this. It's a temptation. It is a burden, and it it's also needed. I mean, if you're going to have influence with other people. Uh, it's going to require some kind of platform. I mean, and, and that that can be a negative word, and it can have uh, it can be driven by unhealthy motives. But um, this podcast is a great example that you're getting to shepherd and coach and lead and have influence over thousands of youth pastors around the world that need it, and they're grateful that you have a platform. But you do have to create a platform to be able to do that, and so that's a real. You're absolutely right. It's a really tricky thing. I, I think the, to your point about the end of the book, the end of the book, are, it's really about the what are the habits that we've got to put in our life to be able to turn down the noise on a regular basis. And the only way you know whether it's become a temptation or a burden or whether it's become selfish ambition or whether it's healthy is if you turn it down from time to time. If you turn down the noise and become ruthlessly curious about what's really going on inside of you. And so that's a great um, that is a great illustration or maybe a great area of life uh, where if we don't turn down the noise, that that selfish ambition of I got to make a name for myself will take over and it'll lead us to places that um, are ultimately unhealthy and ultimately to destruction. I wonder if you could tweak that conversation for just a moment now and think along the lines of not just building that platform personally, but yeah. often there's also an expectation that I build a platform yeah, for my ministry, for my youth ministry. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, do y'all see that? Oh well, yeah, I, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think that's in just 30,000 feet. That's healthier in general. I mean, that that's a better way to think about it. I think 
Um, I know with, you know, I work for Andy Stanley. So one of the most common questions I get is, Hey, what's it like? Pastor, what does he do? Is he like a, (laughs) exactly. Actually, my wife's brother got married last summer at, um, a church in new England. It's actually a church that Jonathan Edwards pastored, which was remarkable. And the pastor of the church came to the rehearsal dinner and I'm sitting next to him and dead serious. He was like, I'm sorry, Andy Stanley, who's he, what does he do? Had genuinely not heard of Andy, which I'm like, it was so refreshing. It was so good. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You've never, that's just really healthy that it's, yeah, it's, it's a like great a, reminder. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Andy. Let's talk about me for just a minute here. While, while. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, anyway, one of the things I've learned, I mean, one of the many things I've learned from him, Andy, um, he's way more open to you talking. He, he doesn't demand loyalty to him. But he loves and celebrates loyalty to our organization because it really mm. is there's something we're trying to build here and it's bigger than any one of us. And so I do think in general it's healthier to um, to build a platform for your ministry. Now, again, can it be unhealthy? Sure. And that's another big foundational principle of this content is that everything in life can be a drug. Everything. Mm. Your ministry can be a drug. Your personal platform can be a drug. Your family can be a drug. Uh, drugs can be a drug. Uh, but <laughs> everything genuinely can be a drug. And, and, and um, a, big, a big portion of the first few chapters is spent really encouraging people to identify what is your noise. Uh, your yeah, noise is yeah. that thing that you reach for to alleviate whatever it is you're feeling inside of you. And in the same way, white mm. noise is a tool that we turn up to mask those things we don't want to hear. All of us have things that we turn up in life to keep us from having to feel those things we don't want to feel. And whatever that is for you, um, that's what you need to be paying attention to. And that's what on a, on a routine basis you need to be turning down. And that's what Sabbath is. Sabbath is turning down work, turning down the love of your ministry or the noise of your ministry so that you can hear what's inside so that you can hear from God so that you can, listen to his voice and listen to those feelings that are inside of you that are trying to tell you something um, so that you can trend toward emotional health. Uh, Ultimately, so you can become more like Christ, uh, which also turns out makes great leaders. So it's a, I think it's an important leadership principle, obviously, but um, yeah, anything can be a drug. Anything that we reach for can become something that we're using to mask those things we don't want to feel. Is there a, um, it, it, is there a place for uh, like a healthy ambition? You know, I know a lot of yeah. folks who do youth ministry certainly have aspirations of of leading in a, in a greater capacity or in a maybe in a higher role. Um, yeah, it, is how does that play in terms of that um, that struggle? Like, I guess I'm trying. Like there's, I feel like you can develop as a leader where you are, and that mm-hmm. maybe prepares you for where you where you might be. Um, do you feel like sometimes we get so caught up in what we want next that we yeah. we don't really develop where we are and we we're ill prepared? Yeah. yeah, and we miss what's right here in front of us, and that's a. I mean, that is. I think that is pretty common to everyone. I mean, I know it's one of my greatest struggles. Um, is looking for what's next, trying to anticipate whatever the career path God has for me. 
Um, and, and we, you know, the, the danger of ministry is we cloak it in, well, I just want to be used by God more. I just want to reach more people or I just want him to use me more. Um, and the truth is, you know, the, the worst part of it is sometimes it is about ourselves, and sometimes it is about, uh, me getting to be on a bigger stage or me getting to speak at a bigger event or, uh, our ministry becoming bigger so that people would be envious of me or so that people would somehow think I'm more successful because of it. But again, all of that, all of that stuff, that's all internal clutter. It's internal. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it comes from an emotional place that if we're not paying attention to, um, it will, it will not only affect us in negative ways, but it will affect the people around us in negative ways. And if we don't pay attention to it, nobody will for us. And the greatest way, I, and I obviously, you know, for I, I think I could say this for anyone who's listening to this today, the greatest thing you could do to become a better leader is to make sure that you're turning down the noise today, uh, this week, this month, this year, so that you can listen to what's going on inside of you so that you can pay attention. Because to your point, Jody, you, when is it selfish and when is it healthy? You, you don't know until you turn it down and ask the hard questions. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that requires sitting in front of a counselor. Sometimes it requires opening up to your small group. Sometimes it requires calling a buddy who works at another church saying, hey man, I've really rest. Tell me if you think this is off base or not, but I'm really struggling with this ambition that I have and trying to make sure it's healthy and keeping it in check. Uh, nobody can do that other than you. And I love the way you opened it, Chris, that it really is a, it's a conversation on accountability. It's uh, because we have so much freedom, um, it, it requires us to be more responsible and more accountable than ever to helping ourselves grow and become healthier humans, because that's what's ultimately going to determine how well we lead. I um I read uh, Digital Minimalism by uh, Cal Newport, and one of the things he talks about, the, and it's coming to mind as as you're talking with this moment, he talks about if you decide to be a digital minimalist, which is a hard word for me, by the way, um, that you have to be prepared for all of that extra time. Now he takes that down a leisure path yeah have a yeah. conversation yeah what are you gonna do with your time if what are you gonna do with your time from the net yeah all right so when i when i think about what in the context of what we're talking about today and what you just said i, I think a youth pastor man we're, we're going to have to be prepared if all of a sudden we eliminate some of these distractions and you talked about all of a sudden we have to be prepared for what what really is inside of us yeah. What What do you think? What do you think we need to do in that moment? What should a youth pastor? How should they wrestle uh, with that? Yeah. Um, can we do a little bit of a deeper dive into that? And maybe yeah. how do we get there in the first place? Well, and I think this is um, this is probably the mistake that I know I've made in my own life is I wait until the noise gets turned down to try to figure out what I need to do now and a, a better. I think a better way for me to approach it, for all of us to approach it, would be to not wait until the storm comes to stormproof our life, mm-hmm. not wait until the marathon comes to start training for it. But there are things that we put in place now to be able to help us uh, regulate what's really going on inside of us. Because 
you, you know how this works is that people, they neglect it, neglect it, neglect it. And then all of a sudden it all hits the fan and they've got to go to rehab for 90 days or for a year. And you don't have to wait until then, even though there are a lot of wonderful rehabilitation facilities and programs that could help any one of us, but you don't have to wait for life to get there. There's some things you can do now to get ready for that. And that's really what the, the four simple habits for turning down the noise were meant to be is, Hey, what are some things that we got to put in practice today so that we don't have to wait uh, for the, the tidal wave of solitude to hit us? Because, you know, when you lose your job, because you drank too much or when you lose your job because you were just too jealous over somebody that you were working with or because you just weren't healthy enough on the inside, it gets pretty quiet. And it's in those moments that you've got to go, okay, um, now I've really got this amazing opportunity to get healthy, but I wish it hadn't come to this. And it doesn't have to come to that. I think there's some things we can do uh, on a regular basis to turn down the noise um, before it all hits. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Do you think it's possible that, um, as I'm listening to the thought that's coming to my mind is I I think it might be possible not to even realize how cluttered my life is with noise. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely (laughs) right. And that, and that's why this is such a relevant conversation for today, because there's just so much more noise today. I think this conversation, this conversation has always mattered. I mean, there's always been things that we, that we reach for, um, because ultimately it's a, it's a result of sin. I mean, it's, it's our, it's our, it's the sin in us that doesn't want to go to our father with this stuff that we'd rather just work. You know, when I don't know what to do in my marriage, or if I don't know what to do as a parent, it's just easier to get way into fantasy football or to just veg out and watch seven college football games on Saturday in 2019, 2020, there's just more noise today than there's ever been before. That's one of the dangers of technology is that it's become so easy to zone out. It's given us so many more outlets. I mean, social media, uh, just the, just the uh, access to information, um, Netflix, Disney Plus, I mean, any of those new apps that we have where you can just binge for as long as you want um, there's so many more ways that we can distract ourselves from dealing with what's really important, what really matters. So, yeah, I think it's a more relevant conversation today than it's ever been. Jody, what I'm afraid of is that I think that it's possible, you know, as we talk to youth pastors so often and we talk about longevity, my fear is that if we were to make a list of of things that potentially <sighs> – cause youth pastors to not be able to experience longevity, it's very possible that one of the things we would have to add is that um, the reason some guys and gals are maybe losing their job or not experiencing longevity is that they're too distracted by other things and they're not focused enough on what their calling actually is. Jody, do you see that? I mean, am I I, processing out loud right now? Yeah. I think you see, I think you see that a ton, even, even in, we look across the landscape of leadership as a whole in the church. I think one of the reasons we see so many uh, who are so prominent, you know, uh, fall or make mistakes is because uh, just what we're talking about here is a lack of self-awareness that, that you become blinded by it. And I think that's the thing, even I would think I'm just thinking of um, clay as you're talking is like, 
when I think of distractions, initially my thought, um, and even as I, I started in, in the book, I was thinking of all the things that keep me from doing my job, right? right like right, my tasks, all the things that, right. that fight me, you know, that fight against me, that yep. keep me from being effective in my job. Like recording a podcast during work hours. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, buddy, West Coast time. And so, uh, so the, the, but, but the reality is, and even, even as I think through, gosh, even right now, as I'm thinking through people in my life, um, whether known by the masses or not, who I would consider very strong, phenomenal, like trustworthy leaders. They're all super authentic, very confident in who they are. They really have no ego anymore. There's nothing else they feel they have to prove. Um, and they just lead from a very, like personally from a very healthy place it just feels like that's harder than ever to be anymore. There's so many things around us that are telling us to do more, to be more. There's a, there's a new this, there's a new that. Um, I, I love like, so my, uh, my senior pastor is probably the, uh, the antithesis of what the culture would say. Um, he's, he's been, he's been at my church. He's been at high desert church for 35 years. He came when it was 125 and now, you know, it's, uh, mega church, multi-site, um, and the guy has no social media on purpose. Like he doesn't want it because he doesn't he doesn't want the distraction. Uh, the most humble guy that I've met in leadership, caring, compassionate, uh, but very confident and very genuine, authentic, and and I think it shows in how he leads and how his people love him. And um, you don't have to be in the room with him long to notice, but man, that's so rare. And I think for sure, Chris, when you look at youth pastors who are not making it, it's, it's totally because of, of this. Um, what I'm curious, Jody, as you've gotten to know him more, what are the things that he's done that you feel like have gotten him to that place where he's in your mind? no, No one arrives at health. Health is something that you're moving toward, but he seems like based on what you've said about him, a person that is trending toward health what are the things that he's done or that, that he does that help him get there? Yeah, he'll say a lot. And it's, it's, um, it's not, you know, at first you sound, oh, that's a catchy slogan. But it really is kind of how he lives his life by is like, let's just keep the main thing the main thing. And um, any, everything else is just secondary. And so he's, you know, early on, particularly at High Desert, he surrounded himself with, with people who complimented him well in the in terms of like gifts and strengths. And he's just really good about you run in your lane and I'll run, <clears throat> I'll run in mine and together we'll get there. You know, it's almost like what you're saying about Andy, where um, the, the organization is more important than the individual. Um, and the message that the organization carries for him is, is more important than the organization. And, uh, I think there's a there's a patience to that. There's a. I don't think he set out. I I would imagine. I think we all want a bigger ministry. Everybody would say, "Oh yeah, yeah," but I don't think he set out to to grow this mega church uh, or to to pastor this mega church. I think it the Lord just honored that quiet faithfulness and and we're not. I mean, we're in Southern California, but we're not in a super dynamic area of Southern California. So it's pretty amazing. Um, just to watch, but 
He's faithful in the word. It's all the things that you're talking about in the book. He knows who he is. He's faithful in his word, in, in the word, in his, uh, his, in his own time beyond that. All of his ministry is an overflow of his own walk. Um, he's kind. He's compassionate. He leaves his office and walks around and, you know, and checks in on folks. And I can't imagine how many meetings he's in, um, but, but never too busy. You know, he walks, he walks slow and he, and he smiles a lot. <laughs> and I think that's, <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of wisdom in that. Hmm. Which I think we all would well, Clay, say I'm, that's that's kind of the goal. That's where we want to get to. But uh, yeah. it is tough to know what are those practices that he does. And some 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 of it is well, he just was born into a family. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about his background. But some of us yeah. come into the world with health because we just came from parents that loved each other, that gave us a healthy self esteem, that uh, kept us down to earth, or whatever it may be. Or we've got a spouse who's just extra fantastic at helping us stay grounded and humbled. But there are certainly some of those habits that create that output, which when I hear you talk about him, I think, gosh, I want to be like that. And my greatest challenge is the habits that get you there are the least urgent. They're the ones that take self-discipline. They're the ones that take, for me, the most effort. I mean, it is easier for me to just get up in the morning, crack open my computer and start working than it is to say, all right, even for 10 minutes, I'm going to turn down the noise and I'm going to listen to what's really going on inside of me. Or the counseling appointment that showed up on my calendar last Tuesday, uh, it was the last thing that I wanted to do that day because it didn't feel important. I had a sermon I needed to write. I had uh, staff situations that I needed to deal with, people to call back. But it that counseling session for me was probably the healthiest, uh, produced the most growth of anything I did last week. So that's the challenge is that important versus urgent thing. I think of those habits are so important, but they're just not, they're, they'll never feel urgent. Do you are there any specific okay. uh, habits that uh, Clay like? Cause, cause you talk a lot about those noise canceling habits in the book. Um, it, or when you think about youth pastors, are there any of those that come to mind that, and of course we want people to get the book because it really is great. And, um, but I mean, are any of those that, that kind of come to mind when you think about youth pastors, youth minister types that are serving students um, that you would maybe highlight? Yeah, the the first one that I wrote about, about finding simplicity. I mean, it really is about minimalism, um, but it's about finding simplicity because simplicity speaks to your why. It, it, infor- it helps you find your why. And the quicker you are, the more able you are at a young age, as a young leader, to find your why. And your why, it's, it's that spine that runs through everything you do. And if you don't find it, you're going to be, I always think about that feather on Forrest Gump that just is you know, kind of blown with that beautiful, is a, what's the guy's name that wrote the soundtrack for Forrest Gump? Zemeckis, mm-hmm. something like that. Anyway, that beautiful music that's, the back, that's in the background of Forrest Gump we'll just end up being that feather that's just blown about by whatever my boss wants me to be, whatever the parents in our ministry want me to be, whatever my calendar says I have to do. And be, fighting for simplicity, fighting for, um, I'm going to keep my calendar slim. I'm going to keep my closet slim. I'm going to keep my, uh, my uh, inboxes at a minimum, because I want to be led by my why, by why am I alive today? What is my mission today? 
And I want that to lead me. And the great news is they, they, they work with each other so well, they're really interdependent on each other that the more able you are to be simple, the quicker you are to find your why. And the more clear your why is, the more able you are to get rid of the clutter that wants to get all around your life. I think for student, when I, if I could talk to myself when I was a student pastor, I would have said, hey, figure that out sooner than sooner than you think you need to uh, because hmm. the, the the demands of the job want to pull you around and then any opportunity that I had um, past that it was uh, that was a hard time to figure out well what am I here for uh, because there was an a, either an offer or an opportunity on the table so sometimes that's the most difficult time to find it but the sooner you can find it I think the better you'll be at um, at getting rid of the clutter that wants to get all around life. Do you find yourself uh, as you're getting older? Cause I think I, I can resonate with this where there's a desire in your life to be more disciplined in these areas, just more natural. I mean, like there's a more natural yeah. tendency to want to be. Yeah. Y'all both have kids. And so yeah. the, the, you know, obviously this is not everyone's trajectory in life, but um, I have gotten I, the two things that have helped me become more disciplined than anything else in my life was one getting married and trying to live up to this idea of who my wife wanted me to be um, was, in a sense, awesome. I mean, it's why, you know, every men's group I've ever been in, for the most part, uh, the, the guy's story is, yeah, I was kind of a mess. And then I met this girl, and I was like, dang, she's awesome. I got to get it together. <laughs> Which is not, I mean, obviously, you know, Andy's whole thing about dating, that you want to you wanna try to be the person that you're looking for is looking for. That's great. Um, you want to do that before you actually meet the person. Um, but every one of us, you know, at some level, our spouse, you know, has had this belief in us or this hope for us or these expectations for us that not, not in an, in an unhealthy way, but in a healthy way of, Hey, here's who I believe you can be. And we want to live up to that. And that's a good thing. And then the second thing is having kids. I mean, having kids, I mean, it's the most helpful, uh, get over yourself, get past yourself. The world does not revolve around yourself thing that you can do. So, I mean, that's made me wake up earlier. Um, it's made me get more organized in my life. I mean, the fact that I went and opened up a college account for my five children is my 19 year old self would have said, Oh gosh, that feels like that's too much to do. But you know, (laughs) when you become a dad, you're like, Oh gosh, all right. I gotta like do some stuff that's that requires self-discipline because these people are depending on me. And it's a, it's a healthy thing. Exactly. That's exactly right. You just summed up everything I said in that one word. That's right. Oh, adulting. Yeah, Yeah, for real. Yeah. Hey, here's what I'm wondering. Um, as we approach the end, you know, cause we are, as we kind of get towards the end of this, this conversation with you, Clay, here's a, here's a question that kind of bounces around my head. What would you say to youth pastors as far as, taking these ideas and what should our goal be as far as helping our students apply these things? In other words, how does this all apply? Not that youth pastors only, but how does this apply to our current kids that are in our student ministry? Like what should we be thinking about there? Gosh, that's a awesome question. And that's, that's, um, 
I think I'm t- for the record, Jody. He's complimented my intro <laughs> and that question, and you've got nothing so far. So well, I'm winning. I'm just throwing it out there. He, he's Jody's just trying them. to make you not feel bad for not reading his book. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> you. How's your how's your uh, facial hair, Jody? Is it still superior? It's, oh, it's oh, way yeah. superior. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Um, I would say. Well, I mean, this all bur- this all came out of a sermon series that I did for a group of twenty somethings. Um, same idea. Basically what happened was, um, when I first started noticing it, it was around the, um, 2016 election. And this is obviously not a political statement. This is just a political example, but I was floored when, uh, I don't know if you remember seeing the headlines that a couple days after the election where the headlines would say, you know, professor at Cornell or professor at university of Tennessee or wherever canceled class because students were so distraught or mm. delayed test or extended paper uh, because or assignment because of the emotional toll that the election took. Um, I, re- I remember when Bill Clinton was elected and my parents thought the world was ending. Um, that's just the home I grew up in. And there was no idea. I mean, no one... I don't remember any of my professors or teachers or coaches saying, oh, I'm so sorry it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Uh, we're going to cancel class. I mean, if I, if I would have told a professor in college that I'm not feeling it and I can't do it tomorrow, they would say, well, I'm not feeling like you're going to graduate then. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fair. So anyway, and I know, you know, um, that's just one little example that we are um, it, it just made me realize, wow. And, and, and this, obviously it was a massive deal to about 50% of our nation. However, I want to become a person that knows how to deal directly with those emotions. I mean, we're all going to experience disappointment and bewilderment and dismay and frustration and sadness and loneliness and inadequacy and jealousy, whatever the emotion is, a better way to approach it is to go, hey, I've got a God, a, a perfect heavenly father who created these emotions, gave me these emotions, and he's given me the tools to be able to deal directly with these emotions. And so how do I deal directly with my loneliness instead of just turning up the noise? Or when I don't feel like enough, when I feel inadequate, how do I deal directly with that emotion? So that's what I would help try to help students do is I would try to help them identify their noise. And I mean, if we just, you know, I would imagine you guys could name real quickly, what are three or four common noises that students reach for? Um, I mean, academic oh, Was success. that an actual question? I mean, <laughs> I was just throwing it out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think social I mean, clearly, media. Social media, obviously phones, but gaming. I mean, gaming, no yeah. Real, but I would say even relationships. Yeah. I, I think. The um, serial dater. Yeah, like we had. Well, we had we had uh, Brad uh, Griffin in from uh, Fuller Institute yeah. uh, last Friday night, and he talked about kids are addicted to relationships. Mm. Like it's and the phones are the mechanism. Yeah, uh, to which that happens, you know. So I think, uh, but the yeah. noise of relationships, that idea that we used to get off the bus and we were disconnected from our friends. Yep. Yep. There's but never any we, downtime. Yeah. There's no disconnection. 24 seven. It's a hundred percent connected. Yeah. So, and so, so that's a great example where, you know, when you and I were kids and you came home from school and you didn't have those relationships and you, you know, you maybe called a couple friends and their parents answered the phone and they said, no, they can't play or whatever. However it worked out. 
you just had to deal with the loneliness. You had to deal directly with it. Um, or you found some, some other way to, to uh, mask it or to avoid At it. At least but, until my Atari 2600 came. And, and then, then that happened, you could drown yourself in that. was <laughs> good. Asteroids and Space Invaders, baby. Yeah. Uh, Gary Goldman, uh, my current comedian crush, he says, you show me, you show me, a, um, uh, you show me a, a high school basketball player's free throw percentage, and I'll tell you what time their single mother got home from work. <laughs> he's basically saying that that was my drug is I would just shoot free throws because my mom wasn't home and I felt lonely. But again, helping students identify, hey, all of us have something we reach for because there's something inside of us. Our, our emotions are messengers. That loneliness is a message. It's trying to tell you something. And it's not a bad emotion. It's just an emotion that you should pay attention to how you're dealing with it. And if you're dealing with your loneliness by always having a friend on FaceTime, if you're dealing with your, um, your loneliness by never being alone, by always being with people, um, then that's, there's a healthier way to deal with it. And to teach students the, the joy, the beauty, and the health of dealing directly with our emotions is a powerful concept, but we've got to lead the way. Um, we, we've got to model it for them. And then I think we've also got to speak directly to it to help them uh, see the value in becoming an emotionally healthy person. That's good. Well, Clay, this is awesome stuff, man. I think we could go on forever. But uh, as we maybe have only a few minutes left here, anything that you just want to kind of add at the at the end of this thing um, that maybe we didn't touch on, anything related to the book or anything or just anything at all? Yeah, I mean, I would just say um, for the the work that you do to become a healthier person will never be applauded. People applaud outcomes and results, but people, I mean, we applaud that pastor of yours, Jody, who is seemingly a healthy person, um, but the work that he put in to get there, no one clapped for. Nobody gave an ovation. Nobody clicked like on that post. Um, It was something that's done in silence. It's something that's done by ourselves. Um, and that's where we really do have to depend on the, um, approval of our father saying, Hey, well done. You're, you're doing a great work because you're really trying to become a healthier person. And it has implications in every area of your life. It'll make you a better dad. It'll make you a better mom. It'll make you a better, uh, spouse if you're married today, or it'll make you a better spouse for whatever the day comes when you do find somebody, um, it, it'll, it makes such a huge difference in life, but um, it's not something that people give an ovation for. It's something that happens usually in those quiet moments in life. Uh, which well, in our context, too, it'll make, you a be- it'll make you a better youth pastor in the context of what we talk about. And I think ultimately, it's kind of how we started this whole thing. It will ultimately help lead to longevity. Yeah, it absolutely I mean, it will. really will help you stay uh, successful, um, experience longevity in not just long-term as a career, but even in your current yeah. situation. Yeah. Because so right. earlier we talked about, we probably don't know that we're distracted. Like we talked about that, but here's what I will tell you. I think other people <laughs> they know, know when we're distracted. They, yeah, absolutely. they know, they know it's kind of like walking into right. your office thinking, no, my office is pretty organized. And somebody else walks in and goes, yeah, dude, your office mess. is a mess. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. 
So I, I, I just think that that what you're saying, man, it, it really does. It really does matter. So I would encourage all our listeners um, that that have stayed with us. I I would encourage you just take a moment, get the book, read through it, and see what God does in your heart and your life with this particular topic. Because there's no question that it's not like everything is going to reverse course and get less distracted. No. You know, it's going to get Phone's more not going back in the drawer. Phones are not going back in the drawer. Life's not going to slow down. It's going to get crazier and crazier, you know, and um, this is something worth, worth fighting for. So, but Clay, thanks man for, thanks so much for spending time with us. So Joe, do you got anything do else? No, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on and putting up with Chris and uh, being here for our 100th <laughs> blah, blah, episode. Blah, blah. 100! Congrats yeah, to you guys. It's awesome. We appreciate it. We'll make sure we put a link uh, to the book in the show notes so folks can go out and grab that. And, um, and man, it's it's so helpful. And uh, I, I do think very timely, very needed. So we, we definitely appreciate it. Glad to do it. Cool. All right, Clay. Well, we'll catch you next time, man. Thanks. Well, there you have it, man. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. It's a good one. Uh, lots of things. Lots of things in there. All the things. All the things. Um, I'm not looking at my phone, my computer, or anything else the rest of the day. I don't believe that. Yeah, I know. Okay. Try to not be distracted. Super hey. helpful. I'm, gr- I'm, I'm just, again... Big thanks to Clay for yeah, being big time to, to give some of his time to come on again and uh, and thanks to you for listening. If you're listening, thank you. This is our 100th episode. We've talked about it a few times throughout this this episode, and uh, we promise we see you, we hear you, and we don't take for granted that you choose to click play. Um, we both listen to podcasts ourselves, and we know that you have choices. Like there are tons of great options out there. So for you to continue to choose to listen to the longer haul, we just want to say thanks. And we mean that. Thank you for doing that. And a special shout out also to our, our, uh, our Facebook group of friends that are hanging out with us, man. Um, that's amazing. How about this too, Joe? You know, I just thought of this. If you've been listening for a while and you know, this being our hundredth episode, it would be, it really would be awesome. One, subscribe. If you don't subscribe, that really does help us. But if you could take a moment and just leave a comment, that would be amazing. Like leave a comment on iTunes and give us a rating. To be honest, we're not asking you a lot, but um, it would mean a lot. It does help with our overall um, just rating and, and uh, when people search for youth ministry, it helps us with that. So if you get a minute, if you want to help celebrate our 100th anniversary, give us a little little shout out there. That'd be amazing. Yeah, indeed. And if you haven't jumped into the Facebook group, be sure to head over and do that. Come on in. Um, it's a lot of fun. I think we, we've talked about doing some fun stuff there coming up. So should be a good time. I like it. You know, it's not the it's not the busiest youth ministry Facebook group by any means. But whenever there's a real question that needs to be asked or whatever, I think it's a great place for that to ask a smaller youth ministry audience. And then also we we're pretty quick ourselves to jump in. If you want direct access to us, if we can help you specifically, I mean, we're going to respond. So, so let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, sir, 
thanks for doing the podcast with me and for jumping in along the way. And yeah, thanks for asking fifty episodes ago. How about that? Keeping us at it. It's been yeah. fun. Thanks, Wine Three Sixty. Wine Three Sixty. Thank you, uh, Georgia Student Ministry Network. Thank you, Alec Ammons. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Indeed. Hey, um, I know this is a hundred, and this would be like a great place to stop. But but maybe we should do another one next week. Dude, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. We'll just keep let's going. See how far let's keep can. going. Let's see. Let's see how far this thing will go. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace out. Later. See you.